Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney Insights Podcast. 2023 has been unlike any other, but it has been a busy one. There is much to review as we look back at what has been happening in Disney parks worldwide over the last 12 months. We check out not only the U.S. parks of Walt Disney World and Disneyland, but also international parks around the world. We'll look at what's happened at both parks and resorts and how they've taken the current theme park experience to, to the state that you enjoy today. Make sure you check out DisneyInsights.com as we have a lot of links and uh, an overview and photos and videos that uh, support some of the things. If you haven't seen and experienced some of these things, you're going to want to check out uh, DisneyInsights.com. Make sure you subscribe when you are there because, uh, well, you'll get notified of upcoming podcasts. In fact, if you get a chance, make sure you subscribe to your current podcast holder. And if you have a an opportunity go to your podcast or to iTunes and if you could give us a positive rating or review for the uh, well the uh, the littlest podcast that ever could we appreciate anything and everything you could do to help promote the podcast you know it just seems like 2023 has gone by in such a blur and yet I look back at some of the things that happened at the beginning of the year and it seems like that was forever ago. And I chose to start with one of the oldest attractions in Walt Disney World, the Walt Disney World Railroad. It had undergone a four-year hiatus as Tron was being uh, constructed. And so to see its return and, you know, it had a new narrative attached to it, particularly uh, not just as you went through the Tron experience, but also in preparation for the new Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Uh, even a, a unique little narrative that happens in the back uh, half of Fantasyland as you're kind of going through all the trees and so forth. This is a little different, but I gotta say, it's just nice to have the Walt Disney World Railroad back. And of course, that just led up to the big advent of Tron Light Cycle Run. And uh, this attraction really is the biggest thing to have happened in Tomorrowland at the Magic Kingdom since, 19, since the 1970s when Space Mountain was originally built. This really changed the look and feel of Tomorrowland and really brought in a much more contemporary or even futuristic look into the park uh, it's just so fun if you don't even like riding the coaster just sitting under the canopy particularly at night when it's so beautiful when it lights up seeing the trains go by I'm always amazed how guests on those on those bikes are just are just screaming and just having so much fun and uh, and it's just a whole different world a whole different experience within Tron with it going into the Tron experience. it um, A lot of comparisons have been made with Guardians of the Galaxy, which had opened up in 2023. Um, and I have to admit, I like Guardians of the Galaxy more because it's a bigger, longer coaster experience and because I really like the pre-show to it. I think the pre-show was too light on the Tron experience, but, uh, but they're really two different kinds of coaster experiences. 
And if you love coasters and uh, you haven't been on Tron, then you haven't been on coasters. It's just that unique and that fun. And uh, it's really exciting that Tron has come to the Magic Kingdom. A little kiosk nearby, a, a redone gift shop. Um, it's a total complete package. And again, if you have a chance to go visit it at night, it's just it's just really cool, really kind of glorious. Uh, speaking of glorious and the return of things, uh, the return of Happily Ever After as Enchantment finished out its run. And this really beautiful uh, show came back to the Magic Kingdom. Not that I, I had real problems with Enchantment. We enjoyed it. Uh, it has made me think with it and, and the fireworks experiences over at Epcot that maybe we might see more of a shift from one set of fireworks to another and maybe not go an entire 15, 20 years with the entire, with the same fireworks. But having, having Happily Ever After back has been uh, really well received by guests who have come uh, to the Magic Kingdom wanting a great fireworks experience. And when I use the term return, I also want to use it in the context of the return of the Hatbox Ghost, which some people would say, well, it was never there. And you'd be right, because when Magic Kingdom opened in 1971, the Haunted Mansion did not include the Hatbox Ghost. It was included at Disneyland in 1969 for a few weeks before it completely disappeared because it just wasn't working in terms of special effects. Um, but they had built one for Magic Kingdom and even though it never actually got installed, uh, the character was so much a part of the Haunted Mansion experiences. People ask, well, is this part of the 999? Absolutely, because, or does this make it a thousand? No, it's part of the 999. If you look at original materials for the Haunted Mansion, the Hatbox Ghost was not only illustrated in those original diagrams and drawings and and sketches, you usually saw him at the center of the experience. It also tied a little to the Haunted Mansion movie that came out this summer, um, and all that was really good stuff to have. So, so absolutely the return of the Hatbox Ghost. I love it. You can you could talk about where it's located, but I'm just glad to have an additional little something added to the Haunted Mansion. I think it'll surprise guests when they come when they come through. Epcot. This was the big year for some some attractions and things that being added to Epcot. Journey of Water inspired by Moana. I came with low expectations only to really be thrilled by the interactivity of it, the beauty of it, uh, the beauty of it day and night. It you, you have to really almost do the attraction both times. The water, the fun of it. I think that was the thing I underestimated, how much fun Journey of Water inspired by Moana is. And frankly, I'm really looking forward to really hot summer months because I am so soaking through myself going through that thing. It's just that much fun. It doesn't really soak you, but man, it really does give you a nice, nice sprinkling, even sprinkling of water and mist and it just, and the whole, Theme of Moana is is felt and present, but doesn't override um, the what is really the star of the show, which is water, and its contribution to the whole world 
um, nature section of Epcot. It, it really has been a, uh, a, positive, uh, a positive addition to Epcot and very much along the feeling of what Epcot ought to be. World Celebration Gardens, we just reviewed it just a couple of weeks ago, um, but I've been back several times and it doesn't disappoint. I think there are some challenges they're having with keeping the lights on, or uh, getting all the intricate lights to work. There are so many LEDs that are tied together with Spaceship Earth and with what goes on in terms of the LED display there on the ball. It, there's there's a lot to it if you study it. Uh, the little lights around um, the Dreamer statue with Walt Disney, which is a lovely addition. Don't care for the placement, but it's a lovely addition. Nighttime is um, it's just a great little park to just chill and, and relax during the day. It's also even better at nighttime. It has... It has caused me to actually grab some kind of drink or something right before the fireworks and then just enjoy um, checking out uh, and just watching the folks go by. There has been a lot of conversation about whether folks um, just don't care for the parks anymore and so forth. You will, you just need to grab a seat and watch guests leave Epcot through Celebration Gardens. Watch them take their final photos. Watch them as they come off the fireworks. You, you will not get the impression that, that these parks fail because they succeed on a very, on, on a really wonderful level of its own. And uh, it's just, I think it's, it's, it's quite enjoyable. Added to that, of course, is Luminous, which premiered the same day as World Celebration Gardens. Luminous is a beautiful fireworks show. It's very true um, to the original Illuminations. It has nods to it. I've, again, done a review of it in full, but uh, I this, the ending is spectacular. The amount of pyro and color and fountains is beautiful. The music is enjoyable. Um, I think I'm learning to enjoy the music more every day. My son plays the sound, plays the video as he goes to school and back. He something must be working there with Luminous. I think it will be enjoyed for years to come, but I also think it won't be here for years to come. I think there'll be another something coming. I'd like to think that this is a a good foundation for building other things. That the the that the that the barges that come and go from day and night aren't so locked in, so to speak, not just in terms of daily transport in and out of the lagoon, but locked in in terms of what kind of show we see. I could still see a lot of other themes playing out. I'd love to see a holiday show being attached. You recall that Illuminations often had a little Christmas edition at the end as it did at the 4th of July. I would welcome that kind of experience and others as uh, and other themes uh, being present as as that fireworks show continues. We're going to turn from Epcot to um, to Disney's Hollywood Studios, where the Roundup Rodeo Barbecue premiered this year. I've had a chance to dine there a couple of times. I love the playfulness 
I love the cast who has a lot of energy and enthusiasm. I love the color. I love the fact that it's indoors and air conditioned, which unfortunately Toy Story Land is, unless you're in Toy Story Mania, is such a hot um, kind of environment during the summer months. So I love being inside this restaurant. I love the different um, artistic approaches to the Toy Story theme in terms of the toys and game boards and 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 postcards and other things that you find around the room. Um, and I really enjoy the food. I'm not I'm not the barbecue guy, but as barbecue goes, this isn't quite enjoy. This is very enjoyable. I find there's plenty to choose from. Love the biscuits and the jam and uh, it doesn't disappoint for me. Uh, another little thing that had happened here at Disney's Hollywood Studios was the advent of Mandalorian and Grogu. Um, that was, I was there one of the first days it premiered and it was so fun to grab a photo um, with this Disney Plus delight. Um, always great to see new characters in and around uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios. The final thing I will say is, while I did not attend it, Jollywood Nights made its premiere, and I don't think it's going away. Despite the fact that it had a terrible day one opening, it has seemingly come back to improve itself. I think there's some things that still need to be hashed out and added to for the price point that they're offering. But, uh, I think that, uh, yeah, Jollywood Nights uh, at Disney's Hollywood Studios is here to stay. And um, it's, I have both good and bad feelings of it. I love being able to go to the studios without much uh, effort because I can just drop in and enjoy it. And especially during the holiday time of year, now it's blocked out certain nights. So I have a, I have a, I have some feelings about that, but notwithstanding, it is here to stay. So now we move from Walt Disney World on over to Disneyland. And this year, as the new Tiana's Bayou um, uh, experience is being installed at Splash Mountain, Tiana's Palace opened up nearby. Uh, with which was a redo on the French Quarter restaurant. Haven't had a chance to check out. It was just finishing up its construction when I was there over the summer. Um, I, I think most people have been pretty positive in their review about it. I think they missed some things, but they like some of the new things. Um, I think they've got some more tweaking to do on the menu is what I sense from that whole experience. Much more interesting to me, and boy, probably the first place I'll go when, um, when it when I get back to Disneyland, is the Adventureland Treehouse, inspired by Swiss Family Robinson. If you're not familiar with Disneyland, it had the original Swiss Family uh, Treehouse years ago, uh, just after the film came out in what was around 1960. Um, I believe the film came out and and it went on for many years and then it was taken over by Tarzan which was actually 
Tony Baxter's idea to save the treehouse because it was being considered for demolition to make room for more traffic moving through that land. It was a brilliant idea to make it into a treehouse, and I really liked uh, the Tarzan treehouse too, but this this seems to pay homage to the original Swiss Family Robinson, which I'll, without just literally going back to the original treehouse, it's got a lot of fun stuff to it, a lot of kinetic, a lot of interactivity to it. I am very excited. And of course, I love this Swiss Capoca that plays um, at the treehouse. So I'm, I'm excited to see that and compare that. Um, I, uh, there's still, by the way, a Tarzan treehouse at Hong Kong Disneyland. And the original Swiss Family Treehouse can be found not only at the Magic Kingdom, but at Tokyo Disneyland. So it'll be interesting. I wonder if Tokyo Disney might uh, might change this their treehouse over to this. The big thing really happening at, um, which was part of their 100th anniversary celebration. They have done a better job of celebrating the 100th anniversary with, um, with, uh, bunting and well a fantastic fireworks show fantastic parade which had um which came back after covid those were fan terrific um but i wanted to mention the complete redo of mickey's toontown which is brighter more colorful um a couple of things i don't care for as much i kind of miss the original fountains that they had um, there, but uh, but it is beautifully well done. I am still owing everybody here a podcast on the new Mickey's Town and on the addition of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which is very similar in the ride portion to what you find at Disney's Hollywood Studios. But I gotta say, man, the queue is 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 an attraction in and of itself. It's so fun. It's so reminiscent of, of Mickey's moments throughout the year, uh, years. And, uh, and it really is worth taking in because there's so much to see there. And it's, uh, it's a very colorful exhibit and, and play on all things uh, Mickey Mouse. Over at Disney California Adventure, they premiered and concluded Rogers the Musical. Had a chance to see that. Enjoyed it. Um, I probably would have liked to have seen it again, but I don't know that it had staying power. And that's disappointing because I thought it complemented that corner of the park, which was Avengers Campus. It was adjacent to the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout attraction. And I think it would have been a nice way to kind of segue or or include Avengers, but whether it comes back remains to be seen or what comes into that theater remains to be seen at this point. Would welcome it coming back? Not sure that that is happening. Nearby, what has happened is that um, the pier area, which looked so much like Monterey Bay, has been completely redone. Uh, Paradise Pier, not Paradise Pier, I'm sorry. Um, the um well it's san francisco is what it is it's it again takes that monterey pier area but it puts it to the theme of um baymax and and that whole uh film and i'm i, I was there when it was in the middle of its remodeling hasn't haven't seen it completely done haven't seen the new um 
meet and greet there. Have heard that the they've always served clam chowder in bowls, but I've heard that they have a miso clam chowder version. That sounds very interesting to me. Um, I'm I, I'm a little hesitant mentioning the Pixar Place Hotel because its official opening really isn't until January, but so much of it has been completed, and uh, it is um, really taking that old. Um, Paradise Pier Hotel and taking it to a new place. Very colorful. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like the old hotel because of the size of its rooms and, and because they overlooked Disney California Adventure. So if you're looking for uh, a place to stay, this is a great option. The other thing I really loved about it, which they've reopened, is that it had its own back entrance into Pixar Pier the Paradise Pier portion of Disney California Adventure. And I think that being able to access that makes it a really great um, a buy if you're going to visit the parks. So check that out if you are planning on a, on a trip to Disney Disneyland Resort. There's a lot to see, lots to do, and lots more as we'll cover in the weeks to come. Now, um, let's go international to Disney parks around the world. Disneyland Paris uh, concluded their 30th anniversary, which gotta say they probably did their 30th anniversary a little better than Disney World did their 50th. In some ways, their fireworks show was amazing. Their drone shows have been amazing. A pre-show with drones. That has become the big thing at Disneyland Paris. And it's been really cool uh, to see. They have added their Avengers Campus two years ago, but it, it continues to be adding on. One of their favorite, one of the best attractions in the park, It's a Small World, returned after an enormously uh, lengthy uh, rehab on it. And it looks fresh and beautiful and colorful. And, and this attraction moves very quickly. There is something about... So they about their um, their water currents keep their boats going right through um, the entire time. It's actually what also makes the attraction unusual, other than the fact that it follows a slightly different artistic style than the original Mary Blair. Still colorful, still whimsical, but a little different. But the the entire attraction is in one room. The set pieces kind of set off different portions of the entire attraction but you're still in one giant um, room and it's not separated by black curtains as it, as the other attractions are. So you get kind of a, uh, you get a cacophony of sound, but what a great sound because they have probably the best soundtrack of any small world attractions. So it, it's definitely, definitely worth taking a look at and, um, and giving uh, some consideration as to visiting. Also, together, a musical, a Pixar musical adventure debuted at Disneyland Paris at the Disney, um, at the Disney, um, Walt Disney Studios Park there. And it involves Toy Story, Coco, Up, Monsters Incorporated, and Finding Nemo. Um, but it has this it has some unique state-of-the-art technology, some really creative lighting. Lighting. I'll try to put a video up on my Disney Insights 
podcast that kind of gives you a sense of this. It's the story of Charlie. It's a kid who really loves music. He thinks about maybe being a conductor um, of the orchestra for their schools uh, at their school, but unfortunately loses the sheet music right before the big show. Um, so all of his friends, Jesse, Buzz Lightyear, Bo Peep, and others, they all go on a mission to find the music. And so all that takes them onto a journey with a lot of music, a lot of dancing. Um, it's They've got some fantastic shows. Um, my wife caught the Lion King rhythms of Prideland in the Frontierland Adventure, uh, Frontierland Theater. And people have said that is an amazing show. I feel, I regret that I missed that. Mickey and the Magician in the Animagique Theater at the Walt Disney Studios Park, I did see absolutely stunning. And the Disney Junior Dream Factory, you know, everyone has a Disney Junior show. This one may be better than any of the other. This may be worthy of just showing up as an adult to see. It's it's at that. Add, add to it the Disney Delight uh, um, uh, show that they do at at Disneyland Park, the, the nighttime shows that they do. There's just a lot of really great things happening entertainment-wise at Disneyland Paris. Oh, and there is a new, I forgot to mention, there's a new restaurant and their um, Disney Village area the sort of downtown Disney style area. And it is very high end. Um, I never pronounced the word correct, but Boulanger, uh It's a traditionally French looking restaurant with all of the kind of food you would expect if you were to actually drive on down to Paris. It is beautifully appointed. I'll include some photos in it, but do not miss... Um, do not miss that if you have a chance at um, um, to visit Disneyland Paris this next year. Now, it's going to be a busy year next year because of the, the Olympics coming to Paris. But, but know that there is plenty to see if you do visit Disneyland Paris. We have to, there's not much to say about Tokyo Disney for this last year other than the new Toy Story Hotel that opened up it took a former hotel that had gone out of business and they completely made it toy story wise it becomes a new addition a couple of weeks ago i talked about hotels and resort options whether you're visiting tokyo disney um, or visiting shanghai or visiting hong kong disney if you are looking at doing any of that then you want to listen to that that podcast because it talks about the different uh, different hotel and resort options, including the new Toy Story one. The big thing, the big thing at Shanghai, is the Zootopia Hot Pursuit, which is premiering this week. And the recording of this podcast on the twentieth, I've put in a full ride uh, point of view for this. It's over five minutes in in ride length, and it it takes. Ride vehicles similar to Rise of the Resistance, but maybe a little bit more like Ratatouille because you're kind of being blocked as to what your view is. And it's sending you through the Zootopia land with the main characters, but there are a lot of animatronics. Unlike You're going to have some screen time like Ratatouille, but you're going to have a lot of animatronics, a lot of live action props and things. It is, it is a very involved 
attraction. In fact, I will say from a prop set piece kind of thing, it's kind of more amazing than than Rise of the Resistance because Rise happens in a ship and it's the same ship the whole way through. I would still say it's a better ride, but 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 this one has a lot to see and and experience and you kind of get it's just it's just very fascinating what they've done with this new Zootopia attraction. And then Hong Kong Disneyland, while it has it has taken itself to a whole new level with a new land, not really a district like Mystic Manor or their Toy Story. They have a Toy Story land, but this is much more outfitted um, and a lot more theming, a lot more details. It becomes part of Fantasyland, but the village, the, 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 the town of Arendelle, the village itself has the Arendelle Castle. It has the Friendship Fountain. It has Clock Tower Square. It has a bridge that links you between there and then over to the North Mountain with Elsa's Ice Palace up on the hill. In terms of attractions, it has Frozen Ever After, but the way it's been done, it's been opened up a lot more. Of course, the animatronics are much better. They're not projection style. And it, it looks much more like a completed land rather than something that's been squeezed in and fitted into the former Maelstrom. Wandering Oak and Sliding Sleighs, still not sure what to think about that. I thought it was going to be more in length like the Seven Dwarfs, but without a lot of um, set pieces and theming. Instead, it seems to be more like Gadget's Go Coaster or Goofy's Barnstormer. It's not a very long attraction. It goes through the mountain and in the sense that you go through the mountain in the bobsled, so it's themed in that regard, past falls and so forth. Uh, there's also a playhouse in the woods where they actually do a little uh, bit of Elsa and, and Anna, kind of a show kind of experience, plus character encounters around the land with others um, besides Elsa and Anna. Retail and food and beverage, there's TikTok toys and collectibles. There's Golden Crocus Inn, which is, um, which is a, a, a counter service restaurant, I believe. Northern Delights, which is... Uh, kind of a chocolatier candy place, Frozen Fair, or, or Forest Fair, and Traveling Traders. There's a whole lot to see in this village of Randall. And I think a lot more people are thinking about going to go to Asia to visit the Asian parks, especially not just with Zootopia and Arendelle, but all the new... Um, the new toy... Uh, the new Disney... Uh, Fantasy Springs going into Tokyo Disney Sea that we'll talk about in an upcoming podcast. But I I can't leave 2023 without talking about the most important thing that occurred, and that is well my newest book, The Century of Powerful Century of Powerful Disney Insights, which is available on Amazon. I've got the link on DisneyInsights.com and on this podcast page. It is just an opportunity to celebrate. It's the first of two volumes, so you know what's coming in 24. I've got a lot of work ahead of me still, but but it begins with Walt and Roy and looks at everything from Oswald the Lucky Rabbit and Mickey Mouse through um, Snow White and Cinderella, from the Mouseketeers to Mary Poppins, from Disneyland to Walt Disney World. We share insights from 1923 to 1973 you're going to be inspired with ideas about how these concepts apply to your own life and work. So check out 
check out a century of powerful Disney insights. I also should mention and give a, uh, a, a shout out to the Tomorrow Society, um, where I was recently interviewed uh, about that book. So check that out. It's episode 213 on the Tomorrow Society. Uh, so uh, please take a look at that. Well, that concludes our Disney Insights podcast as we review 2023. It does not end, however, our podcast for 2023. We will have another one that will uh, focus on the future of 2024. So be sure to check it out over the holidays. We don't take a break. We know you're going to be out there shopping. You're going to be out there driving. We want to provide podcasts for you to enjoy through the holidays. So make sure you check it out. Also, if you are making plans for 2024, you're looking for a keynote speaker, some consulting, some support as you take your organization to the next level, then please check out my my website, performancejourneys.com and uh, and know that uh, we are concluding our 20th year as a training and development group bringing best in business ideas through books, keynotes, workshops, seminars, and online tools to help you take your organization to the next level. So definitely check it out. And uh, and again, uh, we thank you for being part of this Disney Insights podcast wherever you are, whatever you do. Always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.